Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 111. Lucky three ones. It's episode 111. My guest is comedian Dale Jones, uh, one of my uh, oldest friends in comedy. I've known him, uh, as we find out in this episode, since the uh, early, or excuse me, late 90s. So uh, Dale just moved here to Los Angeles uh, after he's been an incredibly successful road comic, and he's going to be blowing shit up out here. And uh, on this episode, it's really fun. We talk a lot about comedy, a lot about uh, his style, his style is incredibly energetic, just like a fucking atom bomb of energy and a great character on stage. Um, if you don't know Dale, shame on you. Uh, check him out uh, at, at YouTube and his uh, various websites. Um, really, really fun. Also reminiscing about some comics that we knew and uh, some of the old days of comedy, as I often do with my comedian friends on the air. And um, I hope you guys are doing well. I kind of mentioned something at the end of the episode, but I'll let you guys know up front as well. Um, there is a chance, and it's probably a 70% chance, that What's for Dinner is going to start going one, maybe two times a month. Probably two times. Um, only because, as much as I love doing this, um, I'm getting kind of busy, and it's tough to uh, crank out episodes every week. So, um, in the future, you might there might be a week or two where you don't get a brand new episode. It doesn't mean I'm stopping to do it, it just means i got to slow down, because luckily things are getting busy. Um, if you happen to, speaking of, if you happen to see last week on ABC, I was on the season premiere of Mistresses. Yay! It was really, really cool. And um, thank you to everybody who saw and uh, emailed me about it. And uh, also on a great Nick at Night sitcom, Instant Mom, which both uh, really a lot of fun. And the clips, uh, you can see the clips on my website if you happen to have missed them. Um, also, to those people who want to come see me live, um, if you are in the L.A. area, generally every Wednesday when I'm in town, you can see me at Flappers Comedy Club in Burbank on the 10 o'clock show. I'm usually hosting the 10 o'clock show. It's always fun. And if you happen to be in the Reno or Lake Tahoe area, July 16th through the 20th, I will be at at uh, the Improv at Harvey's in Lake Tahoe. Always fun. And um, my Florida friends, guess what, Florida? I'm finally coming back in August. I will be at the Fort Lauderdale Improv with the amazing Dom Herrera, August 15th, 16th, and 17th. And um, there's a good chance I'm going to be at the West Palm Beach Improv August 22nd through the 24th. That is still up in the air, but the Lauderdale Improv uh, 15th through the 17th, I will definitely be there with Dom Herrera. So my Florida friends... Uh, please come out and see me. It's been years since I've been performing at those clubs, so I really would love to see you guys out there. I'll be mentioning this on future episodes as well. So now sit back, because I've rambled enough, and enjoy What's for Dinner episode 111 with Dale Jones. Bye-bye. What's for dinner? What, what's for dinner? Talking, talking about what's ever on their minds. Talking, talking about what's ever on their minds. Is that you singing? What's that? Is that you singing? No, I actually got a T-Pain to uh, do the intro. T-Pain? Yeah. Right. Kidding, that was me. Oh, okay. Using a T-Pain app. Aha. Aha. Nice. I thought maybe T-Pain was a rapper. I oh, he is to... a rapper. He is? Okay. You never heard of nothing. T-Pain? <laughs> Please. I thought you, know you were, I thought you were a... like hip. You're from the from the ghetto, aren't you? Uh, yeah, exactly. The ghetto of uh, southern Illinois. It's a cornfield. <laughs> it's very ghettoish. It sounds very good. We had an oil field thing, yeah. Did you re- did you grow up in the oil fields? There was oil fields there in the uh, 80s. Oh, really? Yeah, it be- there was a lot of oil. Really? Then, and then it dried up, and yeah, I think it had something to do with all getting drunk every weekend and riding them. <laughs> Ride this oil. 
Did you? It looked like a horse. You could just grab the front of it and it'd pull you up off the ground. You but talk, you had to let go at a certain point, or the chain would like. Smash what are you talking about? Those things that I, I always thought they looked like big crickets. Those like pumps that kind of yeah, they're pivoted. like that flamingo thing that used to dunk yeah, yeah, in the like, water. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, yeah. To me, they always look like crickets or grasshoppers, just in the way they were shaped. Or maybe I'm thinking of a different kind of oil pump. In Texas I don't know. It just went up and th- yeah, and yeah. we would grab a hold of it and ride it and then wow. get oil all over us. It it was not smart. <laughs> <laughs> when you're younger, you do stupid shit. I know, but I probably would still be doing that if I lived there. I'm just an idiot. <laughs> so, is, that what you, is that what you thought when you were growing up there? Like you were going to be, you would have to end up in the oil fields? Like that was your future? No, I had no idea what I was going to do. None at all. I worked at, uh, I worked at, I delivered um, appliances. For uh, I was the I was the grunt. I was the kid that went and, you know, they we delivered refrigerators and washer and dryers and air conditioners, and we put them all. It was a little appliance store. Really? And I was the little grunt guy, and they go, hey, you weigh 100 pounds, and you're five foot something. Why don't you crawl under the house and run this? And yeah, that sounds perfect. That, yeah. Not and yourself. I was 17, 16, 17, <laughs> was getting like paid in cash job? like every day, and I'm like, yeah, let's do it. This is great. Oh, it's, I think we all start doing those grunt jobs, doing those like shit, uh, like – menial jobs that seem for whatever right. whatever reason that seems to be par for the course with like one of your first jobs before you go into corporate meaning mcdonald's or whatever there's mm-hmm. some kind of grunt like my bef- my like very first job that i got paid cash for i worked with horses i nice worked, i worked for this guy who had like a ranch and i went to birthday parties and took kids around on horses around like the <laughs> yeah, really that was my job that's awesome. But I'd also have to clean the horses and shovel shit. Okay. So. I washed dishes. That was it at a pizza place. That was my first job. Like and the, then I I did a... Excuse me. I worked at the appliance store part-time in the uh, pizza place. Bless you. The Thank pizza you. place the other time. Was it a chain or like a mom and pop pizza? It was place? a Mazio's. I don't even know if they have those anymore. They're mostly in Oklahoma now. Yeah, I don't think I and, know. And... Yeah, I wanted out of the dishwasher. I was cooking pizzas, and then I got in trouble because I spit in the gym teacher's pizza and cooked it. Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> Why did you do that? Because I couldn't stand him. And he'd come in and beat all of his smart ass, you know, and he goes, oh, it better be a good pizza. And I go, oh, this would be a doozy. <laughs> Wait, how did they find out you spit it? Because I, I probably bragged. You know how most <laughs> criminals get caught. You can believe what I did. You know, and then you get busted. But, uh, yeah, but it went through, like, what, 500 degrees? So I'm sure it was gone. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I know that. that's. By the way, to anybody listening who who uh, is getting any kind of fast food, just know that people in the kitchen are probably going to be fucking with some of your food. Oh, of course they are. Yeah, of course I worked. Where did I work? I worked at a Chuck E. Cheese, and I remember I was in the kitchen making pizzas, ironically, and um, the guys back there would sometimes have Windex fights over the food, like they shoot each other with Windex, and some Windex would fall in a pizza. Like, yeah, if I could put it out there. Wow. So somebody had their whole colon cleaned when i got moved to dishes i would spray the floor with water and make it as slick as possible so nobody come back there That's <laughs> so, smart. so people would walk back and fall down and they'd leak did you find washing dishes to be very like cathartic or were you like i was uh i just wanted to get the hell out of there so i just do as much as i could what was cathartic is when um i would just uh the other job and we would just be out doing something, riding a truck, and do five, six coffee breaks a day with these old men. I mean, that was hilarious. Just sit around, and I'm the whippersnapper. I just listen to stories all day. I love that more than anything. I bet. That was great. I know. It's it's so fun when you think about, like, those first, like, early jobs, and you didn't really, like, like, uh, how old were you when you 
kind of had the inkling to do comedy? Uh, I wanted to when I was in my 20s. Okay, so but you were when you were younger, you were still kind of like, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. Right, right. I, I knew uh, funny was extremely important to me from kindergarten on, but I never knew uh, people. I remember I was, let's see, I was 19 when I moved to Florida. And they were saying, oh, you should do stand-up. And I was like, what am I going to do? Lines from Ghostbusters or Stripes? or I didn't know how to write anything. And I was like, I can't go up there and quote Bill Murray for an hour. And they go, okay, that was great. <laughs> so um, so I didn't get around to that till I was 23. But go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. Because oh, I, I was just saying, like, when, um, cause when you're younger, you do all those jobs. You don't know, generally, when you're that young, you don't know what you want to do. You don't know what your future is going to be. So you're just going through these jobs for the money, but at the same time, finding yourself. Like, because right. you were talking, you're like saying, I'm talking to these older guys and they're telling stories. And I'm sure you absorbed a lot of that. Right. And it's just, it's, it's one of those times in your, I don't know, like, I think back to those early days. When bef- like, I always knew I'd co- I was going to do comedy, but before I knew how to do comedy, I would float through these jobs and just, like, like I said, absorb and, uh, and just enjoy, you know, sometimes I hating the job, but enjoy, in retrospect, realize how much I enjoyed just working and, Right. Kind of like on the road to self discovery kind of thing. I drank so much, I just like the cash every day. <laughs> <laughs> I was such a party head. Really? It was ridiculous. Really? Oh my God. It was. I don't see. I, I, maybe because I met you like later on, but I never saw yeah, you. Yeah, later on, I already kind of had my act straightened up. Yeah, you met. We. Uh, I was 20. I think I was 29 when I met you. 28, 29? I was trying to remember when. Was it in Nashville? I thought we met at the Aspen Comedy Audition. Oh, in Palm Beach. Yes. At the old comedy... Corner. Corner. It's gone Was that now. when we met? I believe that's the first time I met you, yeah. Wow, that was in... Um, that was 99, wasn't it? Was it 99? 99, 2000, something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was in 99. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Wow. I think that's the first time we met. But you were already a Florida comic. I just moved there. I they said you moved there when you were 19. What? Well, I moved there when I was 19, and I lived in Orlando for a while, and then we went to Nashville. And uh, so that would have been 89. And then I started doing stand-up in Nashville in 93. Okay. But, yeah, but when I was 19, I was working there with my uncle in Orlando. We ended up moving out of there. Dad lost his job, and I wasn't going to live on my own yet, so I followed him. Oh, I got you. I got you. <laughs> so, so, okay, so you were then – you were uh, – 20-something in 99 when we met? 29, yeah. Okay, 29, 99. And I started doing uh, stand-up 90. So I was 23 when I started. Yeah. And that when was, did you start? I'm sorry? When did you start doing stand-up? I started in uh, 92. Okay, so about the same time. Yeah, about the same time, yeah. Nice. And then we didn't meet until night. Yeah, th- then the Aspen, I remember that Aspen show. Because you made it to the to the nighttime showcase too, right? Right. Yeah, so right. that's where you and I, uh, I guess, yeah, that's right. God, right. I totally... I, for some reason, I thought it was in Nashville at Zany's for that uh, NBC showcase. Were you, I thought you were there. I might have been. Yeah. I'm almost positive. I remember we all crashed at the condo next to the uh, Zany's in Nashville. Oh, the crack house? The crack house condo. <laughs> <laughs> I got robbed at gunpoint behind that place. Did you really? Yes. And I was an open micer back then. And I pulled in. Uh, my buddy, uh, Randy Alexander, was with me. And... Uh, I'm sitting in my car just getting my stuff ready. I parked under the spotlight behind the house. I thought, well, that's safe. Well, right. yeah, I just let everybody know where I was. <laughs> and then a dude walks up, and he's got a gun holding it down there, and he goes, let's have the wallet. Seriously? Yeah, it scared 
the hell out of me. And then something popped, either the window or something. it was a crappy probe. Something popped, and I thought it was the gun. And I went, hold on! Just <laughs> freaked out. And at the last minute, I gained some courage, and I thought, he doesn't need my wallet. And I just gave him the cash out of the wallet, and I go, that's what you're getting. But it was like 60 bucks. But I was oh. like, he's not going to get my driver's license. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't need that. Right. And He, he was going to throw that out yeah, anyway. So, so at the last second, I had this moment of clarity, like, just give him the money. <laughs> You know, and then my buddy Randy gave him a wallet, and he busted out laughing when the guy walked off. And I go, "What's so funny?" I was a little freaked out. And he goes, "Uh, that was a new kid's in the block wallet, and uh, it's empty." <laughs> <laughs> so when we did the police report, he told the cop he lost his brand new new kid's wallet, Velcro. <laughs> of course, of course. And it was and it was empty, and he'd like to get that back. And the cops just like, uh huh. <laughs> Uh, uh, oh, exactly. uh, uh, oh, <laughs> oh, no stuff. No, <laughs> so, I got no stuff. Yeah, we were there. Uh, Tommy Davidson was playing there that weekend, but yeah, that's that crack house. That I, I stayed there, uh, because I, oh, I've only worked Zany's in Nashville once years ago. Actually, I think it was 98, 99. Okay, um, and uh, yeah, I, I stayed in it was so fucking scary in that place. I got laid, but it was scary. In that house? In that house, yeah. <laughs> Are you sure? Was it human? Was it a ghost? Uh, was no, it? It, was, it, was, it, was a, okay. it was a girl I met at the club. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Um, I, and I remember she actually said, I've never done this before. And I, I had never picked up a girl. I'd never like, picked up a girl at a club. Um, and so I'd never done it. And she goes, I've never done this before. And I'm like, you've done Which this means before. I'm going to be here nightly. Yeah, I'll be here. I've done yeah. this every week. Um, yeah, that house is not that. Well, actually, that house is now their office. They redid the whole thing. It's oh, really did, pretty inside now. Oh, really? And they tore down. Remember that church that was in the parking lot across the way? That They tore down that church and put up a whole apartment complex, a duplex, basically. And uh, so the comics a- get brand new apartments. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, nice. Okay. Well, yeah, that's really, good to hear. It's really sharp. Yeah, because it was always a fun club. Not, oh, I love that place. Yeah, really, really fun club. Really? I, I, uh, you remember Bob Hoban? Did you ever meet Bob? He played the piano. No. He plays piano with uh, Rodney Carrington on okay. the road now. And um, they brought Bob in, and he would do the opening music. And he worked with uh, Lemmings out of Chicago. Oh, yeah, yeah. He did all that. And, Very cool. Uh, yeah, he was in uh, um, Continental Divide with Belushi. No shit. He had all these stories. It's it freaking amazing. And wow. then he would sit on stage and play during your punchlines if you wanted him to. So I'm just this open micer starting out, and I do one joke, and I got the biggest response I'd ever got in my life. And I look at Bob, and he said, the look on my face, he just busted out, about fell off the stool. He's like, okay, I don't know if Dale's going to finish. He got the biggest laugh he's ever got. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, let me ask you But I didn't know if he was at the NBC thing or not. Because that would have been around that time. I I don't remember a piano player being there. He may have been gone. He may have been with Rodney by then. Okay. Yeah, like I, I the NBC thing's probably around 2000 or so. so I know yeah, it was I bet he was on the road here. with Carrington. Okay. Um, well, cause I, I want to ask you a question, because your, uh, your comedy style is very... Um, don't take this the wrong way. Don't you love setting this up? Of course. Because no, your comedy style, I mean, it's fucking great, but it's like... Like you, you, your style is like what I uh, like. What I was doing when I started out, like just very animated, right? Incred- like energy out of the ass. And um, was that something that you started with? Because yes. it just seems like that's something that like somebody like you and like I said, me, 
who are anim- like when we're younger, all, all this energy we we exude it through the act, through the act outs, and just with the like physicality and everything. And then you've taken it, and it just seems like you've taken that and taken it to this insane level to where it's silly, <laughs> but so fucking polished. If that makes oh, sense, you know well, what I mean. Thank you. No, I'm serious. I'm serious. Like, so I was asking, like, is this something that did you start out this way and just grown through this um, uh, style? I did. When I started doing stand up, I'd never been on stage, ever, ever. So I never did theater. Never, never nothing. So I karaoke. need to learn presence, how to write a joke, how to be in front of everything. So I, I thought I was going to be the cool guy and the smart ass. So I would just stand there and do lines. Which was horrible. It was a nightmare. I can't picture you doing that. It was really bad. Uh, <laughs> and I ended up uh, getting told I couldn't come back to the open mic because I wasn't funny. And, you know, you could sit in the back and watch as much as you want, and maybe you'll get to go on eventually. So I started doing open mic at other clubs. Mm-hmm. I took a writing class, found out I liked doing uh, – well, I had a comic buddy sit down, and he goes, you suck. Why are you not doing all this physical stuff like when you're with me? You know, you're just running around acting goofy. I don't know who the hell you are on stage. So I wrote something physical, which was the toy monkey. I don't know if you remember that. I used to do oh, with impression the impression of a toy of monkey. And, yeah, but I would do fake symbols and just do the face. And uh, Actually, I do remember that. And I like doing the physical <laughs> stuff. Exactly. And I like doing the physical stuff. So I just started repeating that, and that became my – that's when I found my voice. I was like, okay, let's do this, and then we'll do an act out, and then we'll do this, and then we'll do an act out. So it's like set up, act out, set up, act out? It's Well, there for a while I didn't. The act out was the punchline, and then I figured out you had to write something funny and then act it it. out. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a process, but then it got more hyper. And then I took it literally when they said, all right, if you want to move up, we need three minutes of, you know, you kill for three minutes, you go to four. And I'm like, oh, so it's got to be nonstop for three minutes. Okay. Well, then it's got to be really fast. So then, then, you know, I was, I was typical Silence scared the hell out of me. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I got to fill every little space <laughs> with <laughs> something, <laughs> which I'm getting more used to now. You know, after 21 years, that's bizarre <laughs> that it took me that long. But, um, to like getting used to the silence. Yeah. 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 And be like, you know, you're okay. Yeah. They're sometimes listening. silence can be more powerful. Yeah. Like I, I forgot who said it, but they said when it, when the audience is silent, that's good. That means you've got them. They're listening. They're not chattering. They're not breaking right. off. They're like focused on you. So, there's a little bit of silence between a bit or before the punchline. That's fucking great. Yeah, I'm just yeah. now figuring that out. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean, like every, like, like I was saying, like everybody has their own style, and your and the thing is about your style is like, it's so goddamn unique, because like, like I said, like I said for me, like I started out very animated. You remember me back in the day, right? And um, for whatever reason, I uh, my writing and whatever took me to this other place to where it's less wacky and you know just a little more subdued at times and like i said you just went the opposite way you took what you initially were starting with with that energy and took it to this like i said next kind of level but still it's like i said it's so goddamn polished it's so shaped you know because like your persona on stage is so defined from the second you get up there and it's it's almost to the point to like people people are like i can't tell if that's really him or if that's a character because i get that a lot yeah yeah. Because you live it so well. Yeah. Like, at what point doing your style did you kind of go, oh, okay, this is who I am? Was it, like, right from that moment when you started being physical? Or? I think it was, uh, I don't know exactly when the moment was. I, I do know that's what I enjoyed, so I just kept doing it. 
you know. And w- were you always get were, were you always doing well at it, or were audience just staring at you from kind of um, for a while? No, once I figured out the physical thing, that started working better for me. You know, and then I just had to write better material, but but my likability went up. Everything was a lot more, um, a lot better response from the get. As soon as I started physical, that seemed to fit. And then I just had to write better jokes, you know. And then I got into, well, I was always into Stephen Wright and Rodney. So then I wanted to do smart one-liners and then be goofy as hell delivery. That's exactly, you know? yeah, that's exactly what I would say you are. And try, yeah, and, and try to do the total, you know, like, a, like come off like a complete idiot, but do an intelligent material is what I kind of wanted to try. So, it's, and the, because um, you are Southern, but your persona on stage is kind of an amplified Southern. Would you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've tried, I've tried to back that off, too. I've tried to, like, I cut all the Southern jokes out of my act, and but, but I can't help the voice. I mean, that's just. Yeah, you, you could take eloquition lessons. Exactly. Eloquition? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but I can't help that I've, I no, figure I'm, I'm more country boy than redneck. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, but when you say you took the uh, southern jokes out, are you talking about just like in L.A.? Well, I had like a – no, I did that a couple of years ago. I just what, – um, For what reason? I think I wanted to be uh, uh, be able to go anywhere, and I, and I, I didn't want um, – I didn't want to be introduced that I was from a certain place. You know, they say, where are you from? Uh, it doesn't matter. Dale. Just right. introduce me, you know? And that way I could be more, like, I, I want to keep them guessing, I guess. Mm, okay. And they go, okay, well, he's fast like a northerner, but he talks like a southerner. So I don't understand where the middle ground, you know? You must be right on the Mason-Dixon line right. somewhere. Right, right. What's right that, uh, Robin Williams, the Manson-Nixon line? <laughs> so, <laughs> or family guy, the, Don, the, uh, the Donna-Dixon line? Yes, Exactly. It's even better. Oh, yeah. um, so I just kind of, I had like a bit about a, a redneck vampire square dancing and just stupid st- that I just completely cut out. Every one, two thing. I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. And that made like, it's funny. I was thinking about it because like I, I have my book of all my jokes that I've written and you look back at some of your earlier material and you're like, fuck, that was so hack. I thought like, I look yeah. at some of my stuff I'm like, oh, I th- at the time I thought that was the most brilliant thing ever. And then I'm like, no, everybody does that kind of joke. Everybody does right. the, uh, like, I, I did a joke, I think it's on my first CD, about uh, Pakistanis having sex, and it was just, oh, yes, we're going to do it Slurpee style or something stupid like that. And at the time, it would kill, of course. And I'm like, this is the greatest thing I've ever written. And then, like, oh, my God, it's the easiest fucking laugh <laughs> in the book. It re- it's, it, but I like I like being able to recognize growth, you know? Like, growth yeah. in writing, growth in... Uh, 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 What's some presence on stage and everything? Right. Like, do you find is that something that is that why you wanted to drop the southern because you're like I grew out of it, uh, or is it just you didn't want to kind of have that associated with you? I thought it would be better if I, um, like, I was doing the Boston Comedy Festival and stuff like that, and I, uh, I had this whole inner fight going on still where I, I, this is who I am, but I'm trying to be this and to be every man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, I could dump down and just, well, that dump down's the wrong word. I could just give up and go, hey, I'm going to be a Southern comic, and it would be very easy. And have my audience and just stay Georgia, Florida, Tennessee, Kentucky, you know, just yeah. stay in there. But I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. I want to go everywhere. Yeah, so James. that's why I dropped all that. Plus, I would go to clubs, and I used to do uh, smokers doing karaoke. 
and I'd stick that thing on my throat, yeah. you know, and go second verse, same as the first. As first. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Unless it was '80s night, and then I go Domo Arigato, Mister Roboto, you know, just. <laughs> and then I saw somebody else doing it, and they had a better line for it. They called it Tracheoki, and I was like, Nope, I'm done. I'm mm-hmm. not gonna do that one. So that's the so every time I'd see something that was close to me, I'd just run the other direction, and that happened to hit with all the southern jokes. So I was like, I can do better than that. Yeah, no, yeah. There's there's a market for it. There's the James Gregory's and Mickey Dean's out there that and are they make a killing, making a huge killing. You know, but yeah. I'd, I'd rather, yeah. I'd rather have somebody in California and New York go, hey, wow, cool. Yeah, you know. But this is the thing, like out here, they're. Like I, there, well, I mean, I was, again, there's nobody really doing what you do anyway, but there really aren't many southern sounding guys out here that I've seen that are at least really. Some See, noise. I haven't been out here long enough. I don't know. Yeah, you're new here. Yeah, I've been uh, February. Oh wow! So just like, what do you think of so far? I'm digging it. It's got its ups and downs. It's like yeah. every place else. But you know, you got your excited days, and then you got your other days you want to slit your wrist, <laughs> and then there'll be a lot of them. But yeah, but that's the way it was on the road getting exactly, started. Exactly. Yeah, that's like when I like the thing about LA is you get out here, especially you and and then when when I came out here, we're coming from an area where we were kind of like a big fish in a small pond. Right. You know, South Florida. That's where that's what I was and whatever. But we move on because you want more. You want to take your right. career to the next level. And uh, yeah, you come out here. It's like fuck. I gotta, God, I gotta do open mics again. I gotta audition to clubs again. <laughs> it took me like a year before I got a spot at the Improv. And I was hanging out there like every fucking night. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 there's some time invested in this. But the great thing about here is, and I know this sounds cliche, you really never know who's going to be in the audience. You never know yeah. who's or who uh, who's going to see you, who's going to talk to somebody else who has some kind of connection. To go, you got to see Dale Jones. I, this guy's just coming into LA. He's fucking blowing the roof off, you know. So like out here, you really could get. Uh, a huge career boost just by being at the right show at the right time as opposed to on the road you have great shows but it's like a, like what was it Doug Stanhope had that bit he goes uh, you know like it's just he goes talks about behind the music and like guys get discovered but you go on the road and some guy comes up to me and hey if you ever need aluminum siding you call me here's my card <laughs> so, so yeah it's just a matter of putting you know putting your dues in out here too now I know out here they don't laugh at everything that they do on the road. Right. Yeah. So now, have you changed all those bits so they work out here? My road bits? Right. When I first came out here, I did. Because, like, when I first came I, I had bits that would, like you were saying, kill on the road. And I remember one of my, I think, I don't think I'd moved out here yet. I was visiting. But I did a spot at the comedy store on the, uh, have you been to the store yet? Yes. So I was up in the belly room. Okay. The upstairs room. And right. Barely anybody there except for a couple of comics. And I did this, what was it, uh, do you remember the gay dictator bit I used to do? No. It it sounds as as clever as it as it is. It was basic. <laughs> I did a toy monkey. I cannot judge <laughs> at all. Again, we have those early bits. I uh, still get called monkey boy. Just, yeah, thank you, Chris Fonseca. Crazy <laughs> legs. Yes, I love Chris. Monkey uh, boy. Monkey boy. <laughs> um, no, I did, the, the bit basically was uh, Fidel Castro's brother is supposed to be gay, and if Fidel dies, he was going to take over. So I did this bit about him giving his first speech, and it's just I was basically doing a gay Cuban. And again, in Miami and the South, it would kill. But I get out here, and I'm doing that in, at the comedy store, and it's just sitting there like a bat. And I'm thinking, this is my, this is my star bit. I'm going to bring this out. And I just in the middle of the bit, I just look into the darkness, and I go, this is the wrong joke to be doing. And they go, yep. 
his comics going, yep, wrong bit. Or, you know. So it took, I, I realized I, you have to learn to do an L.A. set, like an 8 to 12 minute set of just your prime stuff that is not roadie because audiences out here for the most part are used to it. You know, used to seeing comedy, used to live entertainment. And I'm not saying some of the hacky shit doesn't work. I've seen plenty of guys doing the hackiest shit about, hey, I'm fu-, you know, any, anything with humping seems to work out here. <laughs> um, I try to elevate it a little bit. Uh, but yeah, I, I had to just learn how to do the L.A. set. And uh, a lot of my bits that, were, again, would kill on the road. I'm like, I, th- these are roadie. I can't do them out here, especially in a short set because they're... Either they're long bits, or they're uh, they're too general bits. That's the other thing you want. I mean, and you won't have trouble with this, but you want to be able to separate yourself from the crowd, right? To do material that is unique to you, to have a stage persona that is unique to you, to have the point of view. You know. Yeah, it, that's the one I don't get because I don't have a point of view. My point yeah, but you have a you have a great character and a great style. People, you, you're. A I've been hearing a lot of things though where people don't like characters either. They go, "Is that really you, or is that a character?" And I'm like, we want to see more of you. I'm like, all right, well, I, it's me. It's just amplified. You are a sitcom character. You're the wacky. That's what it mate. is. That, that's what I would see you as. I would definitely see you on TV. But see, as... the problem I'm having, if it's not, if I'm asking for imagination, they're not going with me. That's the one thing I've been finding. What do you mean? Like I do a bit about uh my here's my problem. My dog used to a lot of, uh, smoke a lot of pot, and then he'd hold me down below smoke in my face. <laughs> just doing the total opposite of, of how people used to get their dogs high. Oh, I got you. So I go, my problem is my dog used to smoke a lot of pot, and then he'd hold me down and blow the smoke in my face. And if and I do that with the right crowd, they'll go ape shit. But like I did at Flappers the other night, they'll lose their mind. I went to an open mic the other night, and they look at me like, I'm like, okay, do you not see that? Oh, that's a total flip. Was, was the open mic mostly comics? It was group? a mixture. It was a mixture. Yeah, you know what I found out here? <sighs> so I don't know if you switch that all up. I, I, and then I, if you go back out on the road, do you need to switch it back again? You know what I'm saying? There, there, I think there's a way to find... That, that's, that's the trick that it took me a little time to figure out, is making the bits that work here work on the road and vice versa. Yeah. And you might... Like, I'm trying to think. There... Uh, of a bit that I used because like I, I've I've gotten to the point now to, to where I know how to write for myself where to work here and out there okay um, although there are some jokes that I probably wouldn't okay perfect example there's a joke uh, that I've been doing now a bit that I've been doing about uh, dreams oh you, you've seen me do this I saw you did that the other night flappers yeah. that's a great bit thank you did I was it the coming attraction and the whole act out with the agent and the actor yes okay out here it works because it's kind of an inside Hollywood thing it's right. a little clever it's smart uh, last night I did this. Was it last night or uh, a couple of nights ago? I did some uh, gig outside of LA, and the bit just sat there. Really? It's so self-explanatory, though. You think, but some crowds just like they just don't get it. You know, maybe if I went to more like a metropolitan city, they might get it a little more. But so that's one bit. Like, okay, I can't do that ever. No, you know what it was? I was in Alaska. That's where it was. I was in Anchorage. I was at the uh, other night. No, I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I had. (laughs) 
Okay, story hole found it. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, no. You're right. I I guess I met a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> I knew it was recent. I was a little. I was jumping the gun with how recent. See, that's such an asshole thing of me because I was just talking about people not having imagination and going with stuff, and then I just totally then you throw just, reality yeah, f- on that. Yeah. All right. No, no, I no, tell me more about I your pot smoking dog. That sounds realistic. <laughs> Jesus. You want to start but poking Alaska, holes? Two nights ago. Yeah, because we don't have airplanes. That wouldn't be possible. So, oh, oh, you don't you don't have your uh, time jumping telepathy? They not didn't give that yet. to you. Yet? I, no. When you get past it, flappers, you get the uh, telepathy. Okay. I just got my TSA pre-check. I haven't got the rest of the stuff yet. <laughs> but when I was in Alaska, I did the bit the first night, and it it didn't work. And I'm like, okay, this is one of those. As much as I love telling the bit because it's a new bit and it's you know I like it. It's fun. It's smart. Whatever. It's not going to work here. Don't bury yourself for two and a half minutes every show just because you want to tell a joke. Right. So that, you know, you've got to figure out when the joke works and when it doesn't. And then, there, then there's shit I would do on the road that I wouldn't do out here because same reason. Like on the road, it's it would kill because it might be an easier premise to wrap your head around. But out here, it's a premise that a lot of guys would be doing. And I'm like, I'm not, you know, I'm not making myself unique in that aspect. Okay. So. Yeah, like I said, just figure out your L.A. set, your core shit that is specific to you, that is, uh, that again, is going to make you stand out, and that's your 12-minute L.A. set, and you can pick and choose and add and take away from it. When you got on the road and you have, you could stretch your legs for 40 to an hour, then you take in the other bits that, you know, you might not work out here, but you love doing, or right. kill on the road, but not here, you know, just figuring that out. Like, what's the longest set that you've done out here so far? Uh, t- 20. Oh, that's nice. Where Flappers? Hermosa. Oh, nice. Oh, perfect. Comedy Magic? Yeah. Beautiful. Did Great 20 club. there, and I did, uh, they had me do 15 the other night at uh, Flappers. Was that last night? No, night before. I did the math time thing. For in the Alaska. Contest. In Alaska. Yeah. At uh, Flappers in Alaska. Yes. Exactly. That'd be. <laughs> Flap Alaska. Flap Alaska. That's yes. it. They have the Flap app there, too. The Flap app. <laughs> so, <laughs> flap your wings. Exactly. Well, let's go. Okay, so you're, you're able to do some uh, some nice time out here. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Oh, that's really great. Yeah. And then so, uh, um, I think I've done 15 at the factory. But that was like a year ago. Oh, before you moved here. Yeah. Yeah. But that was about it. That's that's about the most I've done. And then the other's just been like small sets. Of uh, five to eight. Gotcha. So. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, but and with those, when well, you know that, that's a totally different beast. So I'm trying to learn how to. I scare people with that character. <laughs> I'll have people come up and honestly say it to me. You scared me. <laughs> so then I'm like, all right, well, I got to be more acceptable and stuff. And I'm trying to get more TV time. So I'm trying to figure out a one liner I can do and just bam and get them and go right into it. Because well, sometimes that, uh, it's a little awkward right up front, me just walking up there and going, hi. <laughs> people are set back like, Jesus. does. Well, do you, like, now have you thought about, like, because, um, you know, if you're in a hot crowd, like at the factory or the improv on, like, a Friday night and the energy is palpable, you can go up there and do your regular act and just destroy it. Just take whatever energy they already have and bring your energy and, like, right. nuclear. But when you go to, like, a less, like, a denser club with a couple of people sporadically here, there, an open mic, do you still come out with that energy or are you holding back and kind of meeting them halfway where they're already at on their low energy i always start with that energy and then if they come with me that's cool and if they don't then i'll back down 
can oh, come back to their level. So you're always coming out at a level. But I always give them everything right off the bat, and then if and then see how they react, and then I'll back off immediately enough to where they won't, they don't get it. You know what I mean? Because I'll jump it quicker than they are realizing. Does that make sense? Like I'll come out and go high and do my first couple things, and and if they're not, bam, right there with me, then I'll I'll back down a notch. Right. How do you back? What, what do you do to back down? Because I've never seen you back down. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I don't even. Maybe I. Maybe I'm doing it. and Nobody else knows. That's that's funny. Because I don't think I have any realization what I'm doing on stage. The more I've been doing this, I'm like I don't know. If, I think I know what the hell I'm doing. Because last night I went up and did a uh, open mic, and my manager was there, and I said, "Hey, I slowed things down, and uh, tried to stand still and do more one-liners, so I was more." Because I, I found out that when you're submitting stuff for TV spots, if you're physical and all over the place, they're not really that much into that. They kind of want somebody that stands still and does their thing. So now I'm trying to do stand still and then do an act out later and then I feel like I'm constantly holding myself back so they don't know when I'm going to explode. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, to- totally. And uh, and I said, so was that slower, better? And he goes, oh, that was slow. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, that was slow. <laughs> Oh, well. So I guess my backing down would I uh, wouldn't be as intense with my uh, facial expression or something or delivery or loud or I don't really know. <laughs> I have no idea. I've been having this problem for years. I'll go up and I go, wow, Dale, you judge that crowd really good. And I go, really? Because I did the same thing I did last night. I have no idea what the hell I'm doing. <laughs> you I don't tape go, yourself? <laughs> oh, I tape everything. Audio tape, all of it. I still, you, you know. Still hard to. Other than, unless there's a kid in the front row, I don't judge an audience at all i have no idea i'll, I'll see a kid in front row and go okay well we shouldn't do the bit about dad and give me a rape whistle okay we'll back off of that dad giving you a rape whistle i wrote a bit about my dad i asked my dad to teach me how to fight because i was tired of getting my ass kicked and after a week he gave up bought me a rape whistle now <laughs> i practiced and i made first chair nice <laughs> <So>. first chair <laughs> i just take it I'm just picturing an orchestra of rape whistles. Exactly. Right exactly. That was my whole thing. <laughs> Don't <funny>. touch me. <laughs> <laughs> that was an awful whistle. <laughs> That's the problem Jody keeps telling my wife. She, uh, I'll get the laugh here, and then I'll try to go. And top it. And top it, and up. then it just ends up petering down to silence. And like, okay. See, I kind of. Next I li- joke. I, I like that kind of sometimes too. Like I have like these afterthoughts after a huge laugh, and I kind of I, I kind of equate it like it's a, uh, like like the, the the laugh builds like you're climbing a ladder, and then right. you hit the peak at the top of the ladder, but you still have to come down from the ladder. You have to kind of bring them back down, because if you bring if if, if you're constantly up here and you end on this huge energy laugh, the next one the next bit almost has to come. I, I don't know. Maybe it's me. It's like. You have to try to match where you left off. Right. So, like, I feel if it's kind of like waves, like you peak them, then you bring them down a little. You know, don't have to kill every time. You have a couple little softer laughs, and then it builds back up. And, it, you know, it's like, that's how I like to see it and almost do my act. Because I, I don't know, for me, it's like, if you're, I don't know, for me, I feel like if I'm constantly, like, trying to go for that huge laugh, it, it, fee- it, it takes the audience out of the synergy between me and them. Does that make sense? Like, I, no, I like to see my act as, and maybe this is just me and, and how I do it, but, like, I like to see it like a conversation. Like, I'm just talking to them, and, and, and I'm just a funny guy who's making funny observations. Right. But very uh, real in the moment. 
you know? Okay. So, like, that's how, like, I see my... Like, you were talking about energy and everything. Like, again, when I started, Dale remembers I was just energy out of the ass. What did Carlin call you? An ostrich? An ostrich on PCP. God, that's such a great quote. It was a, it was a... I told you a story about how... I think I've said this on the show before, too. You've heard it, everybody who's listening. Um, uh, but, like, I used to see my energy as, like, an atom bomb. Like, I would go on stage and just I would have energy that just went everywhere without any real focus. And after a while, I realized I'm exhausting myself, and I think I'm exhausting the audience because I don't know how to maintain this. You do. I didn't. So I realized, like, uh, that I could just take the energy, compact it, and then use it as, like, a laser at specific okay. points in my act. Okay. And that's what ended up working best for me. But like I said, you have you, you. I don't know how the fuck you do it. It's like you and uh, Greg Hahn. Greg's two- faster than me. He's got more energy than I do. But no, no. But both of you maintain this like uh, kinetic uh, fever on stage, where it's like as much a uh, you know like you like with, with just even just grabbing your hair and pulling on the hair. It's like that's still this visceral movement that is. That, constantly keeping you in some kind of movement at some kind of yeah. energetic state and you maintain it you know like yeah but see i feel like i'm resting in all those points but it's still you're still visual you're st- like yeah like if i'm resting i'll stop pick up my water take a sip you know and it looks like i'm resting you yanking your hair and bulging your eyes <laughs> even that's resting for you we're watching going god how is he still going how is he still doing this so it's just, it's just, like I said, it's, just, uh, it's just, again, back to what I was saying earlier, it's this great style that you have. Um, but did you find, like, the, uh, uh, did you, fee- do you ever feel yourself getting exhausted on stage? Like, you're just giving this all, and you're not sure if it's working, and you have, like, how do you do that when, when, when you're giving all this energy, and like, like you said the other night, the audience just wasn't with you, so you feel you have to bring it down? Yeah. Is that like, uh, what do you tell yourself when you say, I got to bring it back? Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> All right. No. Um, Did you ever feel like when, there's when a lot of nights that I don't bring it back out here? I've been trying to bring it back because I, what I'm trying to do out here is I'm trying to re, uh, start out with something more believable, and then just get crazier as it goes on. You know, because I found out out here if I start out with something absolutely ridiculous, they usually won't go with me. That's the difference I found between the road and here. But on the other hand, I'm working a lot of clubs back, you know, uh, Midwest and East where I kind of have a following. So when I walk out, they're already ready going, oh, Jesus, here, this is going to be nut hour, (laughs) you know, and they're ready. If it's not insane, then they're like, okay, you're not feeling good. (laughs) You know, (laughs) but if I come out here and I do the bit about, you know, vibrator got away from this woman and it's going across the floor and then a mouse attacks it and rides it like a bull. If I do all that crazy shit. (laughs) <laughs> and they're just like, okay, well, I, we can't relate date. So, but um, but when they're not going with me, most of the time I'll just uh, I've been lately I've been trying to meet them halfway. But for the longest time, I was like, screw it, I'm doing this, and I was so just just go. sticking to your guns. Yeah. Okay, let me ask you this: Have you ever gone on stage and just been this, just been Dale Jones without the energy? Just been I've tried. Dead? And what happens? I, I featured like, le- not talking about early in the career. I mean, like lately, after having 21 years of experience, about knowing how to work a crowd, about knowing. I'm serious. Like, have you ever? I, and I'm not. Say, I'm not saying yeah, you should change. I'm just asking. Just curious. Have you ever gone up 
against what you normally do. Yeah, I featured for uh, Jody, my wife. She was mm-hmm. a comic, and, and she got a. Uh, she was headlining at a club, and she goes, "They want me to bring my own feature, and why don't we just keep the money and you go up and work on? You know, all you got to do is 15, 20 minutes, you know." And she goes, "But you cannot be you. I want interesting. I want you to, you know." try to be as much as a monologist as possible. Do the same act without trying to deliver it. So I took the mic out of the stand, which I usually don't wow, do. I stood a- in one spot, and I tried really hard not to do it. Now, it was a, it was kind of a home club for me, so the guys knew me. The guys that ran the place, the bar and stuff, they're like, it looked like you was trying to stop a demon from flying out of you <laughs> because I would start to do an act, and I would do an act out, and I'd go, ah! and then I'd pull it back in. You know, it was so bizarre you know i mean you know how it is you do something for 20 years yeah yeah it's yeah it just goes on automatic pilot i can be totally pissed and on the phone and go well you're an asshole then walk on stage two seconds later and go hey how you doing and just go into it but um yeah so i did try that week and to be honest i was amazed at how well the jokes work just on their own so so that's that's, and that's the happy medium i'm trying to find out here standing between that and them not knowing when I'm going to be at, do an act out instead of instead constantly, of, right, right? You know, but then when I find it out is when I, they think it's an act out when I'm just standing there pulling my hair and I think I'm resting. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm so I'm so torn with the. It's very bizarre. It's very bizarre. Since I've got out here, I mean, I've sat there a lot and go, okay, am I doing everything wrong? Am I doing it right? What yeah. am I doing? Trying to figure out. You know how it is. We, yeah. We're well. What is? What I'm is, way too inside the painting. That's the problem. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. What does uh, what does your manager say? Does he say stick with what you've been doing or change? He's been telling me slow down since day one. You know, you're you're wearing them the hell out. You know, he's been telling me that for a very long time. And uh, but I just kept trying to write smarter stuff and uh, just keep doing. I'm gonna keep doing what I do. I can't I can't help that. You know, but I'm trying to get it closer to me, but still make it goofy. Yeah, which is like the thing I was telling you the other night. I mean, that's really I'm an, I'm an erotic mess, you know that. We all are. And uh, like the uh, get a song, like a bit I was telling you, I was trying to make it's still insane, but it's still it's closer to me. Is uh, you get the song stuck in your head, it's driving you crazy, but you don't want it to go away because you lost your iPod. Right. <laughs> Just stuff like you know. So it's still yeah, that's, a, that's a that's a smart bit, and you so like they're like relate relate what. <laughs> And then, and then I, you couldn't see his face, by the way, people listening, but it was a very funny face that he made. <laughs> so that's, yeah, and I'm still throwing that in because I try to throw everything the, the face, the whatever. My whole theory is if you don't get the joke, you can say, well, he looks stupid. That's been my whole theory. It's a good theory. The whole time. So I don't know if we got away from what we were trying to. Oh, we're. Oh, okay. We're, I didn't know if I answered your question. I get the rambling and then I forget. Oh, it's okay. I rambled. In case you haven't guessed, I'm. A very stream of conscious interviewer. Like, so you started here. Hey, what kind of lollipops do you like? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, you know what I was because th- I had mentioned uh, Gray Con before, who um, an, an incredibly funny comic with energy, and um, just talking for a second, I just flashed on. Uh, do you remember Joby Sad? Oh yes. Is he still around? Yeah, he's doing churches. Really? And he was he was at the Punchline not too long ago. Could he's uh, basically turned into a one man show. He's always been a one man show. Yeah. If, uh, for those listening who uh, want to look up J O B Y S A A D said, one of the first comics uh, I met this I met him at Uncle Funnies. You don't remember Uncle Funnies? Yes. Yeah, 
uh, he was he came through in Joby energy characters, and he was like one of the first comic that I saw. Where I went, that's what I want to be. I want to be that. I want to be just. Uh, facially physical, right? Physical, uh, you know, animated. Had these great characters, act outs, and um, I think I and he was out here for a minute. Like when I first moved out here, Joby was here. Oh, he was. Yeah, I'd see him around town, and then I just I hadn't seen him in years. He's back in Nashville. I okay. saw him. Uh, had a friend died, and we went and did a benefit for him at Zany's, and I saw Joby that night. We hadn't wow. talked in a very long time. He's doing. He did the uh, the village idiot. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I remember he was doing like that. Was he's trying to create some kind of internet thing and it was kind of like a cross between harpo marks and some other stuff so it was very it had some silent film stuff to it and very physical act out he's got this thing online have you ever seen the thing he does with the ice cream cone no he walks out they're filming it and he walks out of a shop getting has an ice cream cone somehow he drops the thing it gets on his shoulder he rolls it down his back and holds the cone and catches the ice cream and goes back to licking it and starts walking. It is amazing. Wait, it's real ice cream? Yeah. Yeah. Really? I don't know how many takes he did. I have no idea. But when I talked to him, I was like, that was brilliant. Oh, I got to see this. And that's the that's the physical level he's... Well, he was always, like, insanely physical. Yeah. Like, a, and re- a really great comic. I'm, I'm glad to hear he's still, I hate, like, like, still around, still doing it. And he's doing churches. I know he's doing a lot of church work. Yeah, definitely. Okay, I could see that. Yeah, he and was then, always uh, cool. He had one of those uh, bananas uh, specials. Hmm? Remember the bananas? Uh, there was a lot of Christian comics, and they had a, they were called Bananas DVDs or something like that, Bananas oh. Comedy Club or something. No, and it was all uh, clean comedians. They didn't have to have a message. It just had to be clean. I think Greg Hahn did one, too. Oh, okay. Greg Hahn, Bob Nelson. Oh, Bob Nelson. And, yeah. uh, and Joby. Joby. And I think uh, Thor Ramsey was running Oh, those. Thor, yeah. Yeah. Okay, it cool. It was a bananas series. I don't know if you can see them online or not. No, I didn't. Well, you're pretty clean. Yeah. Do I you got do my moments. Say what? Do you do corporates? Yes. Yeah. Totally see that. Do corporates, cruise ships. Oh, who are you working for now? Carnival. Oh, nice. I, I just got, uh, my manager told, told me last night, he goes, uh, Prince has turned you down. You're a, little, you're a little too hyper for the old people. <laughs> <laughs> so I couldn't help but think, you know. Somebody's going to have a heart attack. And clear. And he goes, please, somebody stop the idiot from bouncing around. <laughs> how, do you, how do you like doing the cruises? It, it's cool. It's The one thing, I like the kids' shows more than I do the family shows. Uh, I gotta be, because I, just, I took all of my clean jokes and just put them in. I only got to do 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. So I just took all my clean jokes, and it turns out it's a lot of one-liners, you know, and some act-outs and stuff. And here, little kids just lose their minds, you know, when I'm talking about spooning a homeless guy. (laughs) And they don't even get the joke. They just see me acting out something stupid, and they'll laugh at all the moments that the adults aren't laughing. So to be dead silence, and then you'll just hear a giggle. (laughs) And I've done nothing but just, you know, like a dinosaur or something ignorant. And I, I love that. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I just started doing them this year, too. Okay. And, yeah, the only problem with uh, with my with the sh- shows that I'm doing is that as of the last time I did it, they had it was all all ages shows, so three shows a night. Uh, me and the other headliner uh, switch off the shows, but seven, nine, and eleven kids at every show. Oh and, wow! Like even eleven. Like most people go to the eleven, going, okay, this is gonna be the adult show, and not allowed to curse, can't talk about any sex or anything like that. Got to keep it clean. Now you're doing three different shows. Um, the way I figured out how to do it is I do, uh, 
the first two days are in because there's a I'm not sure in Carnival do they have a, they have the, the uh, punchliners right on Carnival right right um, so they have I'm I work for uh, Norwegian they have the headliners okay and uh, first two nights um, I do the same basic act and I think it, I got to do 35 and then the second night we're in the big theater where I have to do a completely different act completely different 18 minutes and then for uh, the last one two three nights I just basically do a mix of the two and maybe one or two other bits that I hadn't done yet. But okay. I also do a lot of crowd work, so it's always a fun, different show. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah, but uh, I, like, I'm, I, t- to me, cr- like, cruises always had this kind of, like, I don't know, uh, stigma about being like, oh, this is where comics go to die. Right, and the old Vegas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And now it just seems like, no, no, this is hip now. This is cool. A lot of comics at, at our level and even bigger are doing cruises, you know. Right. And our ages, too. So it's like, I didn't. I know this sounds awful. I didn't feel as embarrassed about doing cruises, and the money's great too. So. The money is good, but I spend most of my time memorizing because I have so many one-liners. Yeah, it's got to be tough. So when I separate it all out, I I can only think of one show at a time. So I have, I do. Uh, they have me do five shows, and I do three of them different. Five shows. Yeah. And it's just you as a comic on the cruise. Uh, no, there's another comedian. So they're seeing ten shows for the cruise, but five of them are one comic, and, five, and we don't work together. Okay. At all, like, so, uh, wait, like I'm your, the seven thirty, and he's the uh, eight thirty, or he or she, you right. know. And then there's a ten thirty, and then a midnight. Oh wow, four shows a night. It's uh, well, they'll pick and choose. You know, there's a port day when everybody's out all day, right, running around. They won't do a show that night because everybody's wore out. But That's then true. when there's a sea day and there's nothing else going on, then we'll do four shows in one night. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. They only have to do thirty minutes. Yeah. Is there a host? Is it just you? Yeah. Yeah. They, oh. A guy goes up and. Tells a couple street jokes and nice, you know, and then it's the George Lopez punchliner. So they'll drop the screen and then he does a little announcement. Hey, it's George Lopez. Right, and he goes, "This is the adult show. So if you see a little kid, tell him to get the fuck out." You know, they'll do something like that. Yeah, nice for George. It's it's good to have dirty comics. It's funny though they they call it George Lopez punchline. I mean, he sponsored it, you know, stuff like that. But people will come walking out going, "Where's George?" (laughs) You know, they're totally sick. I. A lot. You hear that a lot. Well, why is it? Well, then why is his name up there? I want George. Lo- uh, yeah, lady, he's gonna sit on this boat every week for six days. Yeah, <laughs> to entertain your ass. Oh God! In a banquet hall where they're gonna do, you know, rock star karaoke as soon as we're done. <laughs> yeah, that's what George does. Yeah, it's like you go to see Beatles Love in Vegas. Like, hey, where are the Beatles? I thought they'd be here performing. I thought they were getting back together to do the show. I feel fucking ripped off. I just see clowns jumping on trampolines. Right. You drag Lennon's little corpse out here, and you prop his ass up, and I want to hear Imagine. <laughs> imagine that's not Just a string on his chin. But uh, by the way, speaking of people who are almost dead, or should be dead, it that was awkward and dark. Not, uh, this no, is, not at all. This is a little part of the show, Dale, called The Skippy Green Show. Nice. It's the Skippy Green Show. Dale Jones, you son of a bitch. How are you? I think you just, wow. I didn't expect you to show up. Well, most people don't. You know, whether it's at a comedy show, a podcast, a college frat party, you know, paternity suit, whatever. Brisk? Just show, what's that? You still working brisses? 
Brisses? Briss. Briss? Oh. You show up at a Briss? Only for the tips. Da, 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 da. Nice. I'll be in Reno. <laughs> all right, Dale. You been all right? Good. Good. Better now. Good. Better now. I missed well, you. Well, you saw me the other night. Yes, I did. I was doing my show for four fucking people. I loved it. Four. It was beautiful. And did I kill? You did my favorite bit. You did the Green Lantern. The Green I loved Lantern. It. I remember that bit. <laughs> I was there. Remember you stood up at that bit. Yes, I did. I wasn't sure if because you appreciated it or because it gave you a boner. Well, I, both. And I had to urinate. But I stayed. Sounds like my Saturday night with your mother. Anyway. <laughs> she says hi. Good. Good. She's a good woman. Good woman. Has your kind of energy, too. She's, She's very hyper. Out, pulling her hair. <laughs> pulling her hair. Jumping up and down the bed. Exactly. Yeah. It, it's, she, it's bizarre. She's a, she, she's a saint. All right, Dale. Here's how this works. I'm going to ask you a question. And you've got to answer the question in ten words exactly. Not eleven, not nine. Ten words oh, exactly. Oh, Jesus. She, Don't I'm pray. A, There's no religion on this shit. I'm a southern boy. You're going to make me do math? Are you kidding me? Do you want me to hold up fingers? Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you ready there? You ready, little daily? Let's do it. I got dude, one, two, three, four, five, six, eight, nine, ten. I'm okay. serious. I'm not kidding about holding up the fingers. All right. I'll hold up the fingers. Okay. Ten. ten that words. one's a nub. You're going to have to hold up another finger. Uh, no, I didn't <laughs> extend it all the way. There it is. Sorry. Did I? There's uh, the finger. In case you couldn't tell, I flicked him off. All right. If you could fuck. To any Marx Brothers movie, what movie would it be and why? Ten words. Duck Soup Because. <laughs> Is that one or two? That's one. <laughs> Syllables don't count. Southern boy, you gotta explain it. Because Harpo, Chico, Zeppo, Groucho, get me off. That's, ten? A, that's the best fucking answer I've ever heard. <laughs> Skippy Green Show! Wasn't it sad I was figuring that out as, as Skippy was dropping a finger? <laughs> that couldn't have been a more disjointed <laughs> sentence in my life. But it was perfect. Get me off. Ten. There's ten. Ten. I make ten. <laughs> the Marx Brothers get you off? I don't know. It went is to it, 10. Is that know. when you create a little duck soup in your pants? Exactly. And add a, a little night at the opera. Yeah, exactly. The and fat I, lady sang when I, I slapped the coconuts. <laughs> <laughs> you, by the way, we're about to wrap up, but I'm not sure if you saw that. You got the Marx Brothers collection? Allie does. She's a huge fan. I love like Marx All Brothers. four of their big movies. Are I just got there. Harpo Speaks. I haven't read it yet. Harpo Speaks? Yeah. Harpo write a, wrote a uh, biography. Did he? Yeah. And it's called Harpo Speaks? It's called Harpo Speaks. I like that. Yeah. He's, he was like the teller of the 1930s. He, yes, exactly. Pen- that would be a pen and teller. <laughs> took me a minute. Okay. Sorry, yeah. Took- no, I got it. I got it. I'm on. I'm with you. I appreciate it. <laughs> and I appreciate you doing this, by the way, man. Thank you so much. I'm just glad you let me stay indoors. Well, I'm glad that you behaved yourself. And you gave me medicine so I didn't sneeze all yes. over the cats. That I know. Nice. You know what happened? We had a, like, we never think about it. Like, oh, yeah, <laughs> some other people don't fucking like cats. So No, I love cats. They just don't love me. No, I'm sure they just love allergic you. to. Well, that's death. Yeah. That has nothing to do. I with I think you. it's because I stayed a virgin for so long, and it just passed over from pussy to cats. <laughs> that's my line. Sorry, Sorry. frick. <laughs> Sorry. 
Uh, where can people find you online, by the way, Dale? DaleJonesComic.com. D-A-L-E JonesComic.com. Yes. And you're on the Twitter? I'm on the Twitter, Dale Jones Comic on Twitter, Dale Jones Comic Facebook. Excellent, man. I kept it all perfect together. YouTube. YouTube. It's all there. You could go, yeah, definitely check out Dale on the on the videos on YouTube. And if he's in your area, I'm sure your dates are on your site, too. Calendar. Yeah. Yep. Go ch- please check him out. Dale is, uh, he is, a f- he is an L.A. star about to rise, my friend. Oh. I'm just glad they let me cross the line. <laughs> They're always going to let you cross the line. <laughs> oh, dude, and Sen, I'm so glad you're out here. Now we get to hang out some more. Exactly. Soon. We're going to double date. see each other. And uh, my, uh, my friends listening, thank you so much. Um, there uh, might be a little uh, shift happening with the uh, podcast. Um, I will let you know in a future episode. But I might have to be cutting back on the, ep- on the once a week. It might go up out to like two times a month or something. Why, you ask? Because I'm fucking busy. And I do this on my own. But I love doing it. And I love you. So I don't want to stop doing it. It just might not. It's like sex. I can't bang you all the time, people. It's make it special when it means something. Was that graphic? No, I'm 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 a little I'm sweat. Are you sweat? That turned me on. Perfect. That was my that was my point. Uh, but guys, you know where you can find me all the time at Flip Schultz on Twitter, flipisfunny.com, Flip Schultz on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, all the fun shit. Check out my uh, dates coming up, which you heard at the beginning of the episode. And um, much love to everybody who uh, happened to see me on Mistresses and Instant Mom last week. It was uh, really really cool getting the uh, very nice. Um, words from you and if you missed the episode shame on you but uh the clips are on my website so you can see my magical 40 seconds on two television shows where i was actually acting so again thank you guys for listening dale thank you again what's for dinner what's for dinner what's what's for dinner talking talking about what's ever on their minds talking talking about what's ever on their minds talking talking about what's ever on